Hey, welcome to the Mind Body Free Podcast. I'm your host, Abigail Moss, and here we unpack what it means to heal and step into your authentic self. And I'm excited to share this conversation with Rosa Shetty. Rosa is a healer based in LA. And it was really interesting. We kind of dive right into the science of healing, of what happens in the brain, of the conditions that come together to bring about trauma healing. And then Rosa goes into sharing some of her personal experience with generational trauma and this really beautiful way that this came together that she was involved in helping to heal some trauma in her lineage. And as a healer and a human being, it's always nice to be able to hear stories like this that put into context what healing can look like. And it's different for everybody, and that's part of the beauty of it. But I feel really honored that Rosa shared her story here. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I am with the lovely Rosa Shetty. Rosa is a licensed clinical social worker and mental health therapist from Los Angeles, California. She has over 15 years of clinical experience helping adults heal from childhood trauma, generational and ancestral trauma. Rosa is also the host of Inner Healing Paths podcast and develops workshops on healing from trauma and generational wounds. In the healing work she offers, Rosa intertwines inner child healing, ancestral reconnection, and spirituality with the latest research-based therapy. Thank you for being here, Rosa. Such an honor and treat. <laughs> no, thank you, Abigail, for, for inviting me. My pleasure. And I love how much experience you have in this and in clinical mental health. So can you tell me a bit about what is the differentiation in the clinical side of it? How does that work? So it has to do more with the specific approaches that we use to help folks recover from trauma. We incorporate a lot of the brain um, science, understand, getting a better sense of what the brain goes through and the nervous system goes through. So, um, so folks can, um, you know, meaning in the session, we provide that information. That's part of the conversation. It's part of the education. Um, in addition to the processing and the traditional psychotherapy techniques that we use, and specifically for trauma, there are a lot of uh, research or evidence-based practices um, to help folks recover from uh, traumatic events, meaning to help the brain integrate these experiences, these traumas in the story or the sequence of their, of their lives. You know, when it comes to trauma, trauma, I like to, to say is like a loose page of a book. And, you know, that, that the traumatic event is like this loose page that is just floating, you know, in the book, it represents your life. Uh, so what our brain doesn't quite know what to do with trauma, especially those events that leave us completely overwhelmed. Our brain doesn't know how, you know, to, to deal with it. Uh, or, or at least certain experiences our brain may not know. So the process of traumatization is like that loose page. So when we 
when we work through our traumatic memories, when we heal or when we seek therapy for this, it's like we're stitching back this loose page into, you know, literally stitching into the sequence. And so you can have a more of a cohesive narrative of your life. So your brain can make sense of what happened and it can be, you know, part of your story, not, um, not, not something you, you get constantly triggered some people dissociate um some people just have a really hard time with relationships and and you know it it could cause it it just affects many areas of your life so that's what you know when we mean we're in a clinical sense um we're working through those traumatic memories love that thank you i love the blend of like evidence-based, this works, here's what we're going to do. It's, you know, it's, it's proven t- techniques that work with the brain science. Mm-hmm. Do you, I, cause personally, I feel that when someone can explain to me the science of what's happening mm-hmm. in my brain, it really opens up this really grounded perspective of, oh, okay, so this is normal. And here's the next step to shifting this. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And do you find that like when you're explaining the brain science to people, does what kind of reactions do you get? Is it like, do, have people heard of these things before? Because mm-hmm. I feel like brain science and trauma are not something that we all know a whole bunch about. Right. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to the, the psychoeducation part, which is explaining what happens in the brain in very simple terms, because I'm, you know, I'm not a neuroscientist. So, you know, the way I understand it is also in very simple terms. And that's how I explain it. Um, so when that explanation is provided, depending on the situation, depending on the context of what we're discussing, uh, you know, there is a, there is a, a deep uh, compassion that that is that is that is allowed there is a cognitive understanding of what happened and you know interestingly enough in in a lot of these uh, therapy modalities the psychoeducation is part of the healing journey it is a, a component that helps your journey so learning about this is really, really important. And usually before, I know we're jumping into this topic, but you know, when we're starting, um, when we work through traumatic memories, we don't start working on any traumatic memories until there is an understanding of what happens in the brain, what happened to you, what what must have been like for that five-year-old or six-year-old from a nervous system perspective, what was going on in the brain. Um, you know, so there, there, there needs to be that. That's it's a foundational, you know, it's a block, you know, foundational block that needs to be that is very much part of of the healing journey. Yeah, mm, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, I'm all about giving people foundational blocks. It's so yeah. empowering. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and so, do you refer back to that science? as you're going throughout that journey, because you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, this is the step one, as we learn mm-hmm. what's going on in the brain and in the nervous system. And would you mind, like, I don't know if it's possible to do like a really high level view of mm-hmm. what happens in our brain and our nervous system mm-hmm. when we go through trauma. And mm-hmm. as we're healing, how does that change yeah. over time? Yeah. So, you know, trauma by, by definition is when our nervous system, our brain is completely overwhelmed. So our normal way of, of functioning is just is 
thrown up. It's completely out. Our the frontal part of our brain, which is, which is a part that is in charge of making decisions, and is 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 the part that that we obviously we're when we're in in a, in a place of where we feel safe and at ease, that's active. That's but when we experience trauma, that part actually goes offline and what kicks in is the animal the primitive or animal responses and i'm sure you you've heard of the fight or flight um response there's uh when it comes to trauma there's also there's fight and flight and there's also the submit um there's the uh, some animals in the wild they they actually pretend to to be dead right they, they feign death uh, that's a response. So when we go through a traumatic event, those are the responses that kick in. That's the part of our brain that is active. And depending on the context of the situation, not every situation that we may perceive as traumatic is traumatizing to the brain because it depends on the resources that that person already had in their environment. It depends on the relationships. It depends on the, on the, how long, you know, the, the, the extent of the trauma, was it a a single incident or was it a continuation of incidents over years? Right. So there is a great variation in terms of traumatization it's not it doesn't look the same for for everyone so that's why it's really difficult when when people compare experiences and i went through that and i'm fine you know and and someone else um is 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 not given the same circumstance or sometimes even the same family right even um, just a group of siblings, right? They may they may have all experienced the same event, and one may be deeply impacted for life, and another one may, you know, just channel that in a specific way. And so it's very so trauma is very very individual. It's a very individualized response, but it but more or less that is by definition when a trauma when we say uh, our, we were traumatized, the animal, the primitive part of our brain, kicks in. Okay, and that's how we know we're in that in that in that mode. Um, so, so that's more or less what happens. The you know we uh, there's more specifically the amygdala is very much involved in regulating the communication between those parts of our brain, the the, the part of our brain that the primitive responses and the frontal part. So when we're traumatized, the amygdala completely shuts down the communication with the frontal part of our brain. So over time, when we're working through trauma, uh, we are actually, you know, working with the amygdala. Um, there is a technique that I, that I practice called havening. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. It, 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 it involves so touch, mm-hmm. um, right? It, there's, um, three touch, um, three specific movements and I'm doing it right now. Um, (laughs) there's the, the, with your palms and then you rub your, your, your arms up and down and then on your face. Right. So what that is, is actually, they call it the, the creators of this approach, they call it the CPR for the amygdala. And, and these touches for some reason in, they, they help the amygdala communicate with 
the part of your brain that can help you feel at ease, that can help you feel grounded, that can help you feel safe. Um, when we are triggered, when we are overwhelmed, again, you know, even regardless of how long it's been since the trauma happened, it could be 20, 30, 40 years. If we're triggered, we're back there, right? So implementing techniques like havening, uh, especially with the guidance of someone that is trained, can be really helpful to uh, to basically re uh, provide help and, and rewire the part of your, that, those, these parts of your brain. So they, there, there can be that communication. So your, your, your primitive brain doesn't completely hijack you in those moments when it's not appropriate, right? You're 30 years ago, something happened and now you're at work and you have a terrible boss and you can't deal with this boss um, and as a grown-up because you're back there right 30 40 years ago so this is so when we implement um, healing uh, or healing or trauma healing techniques that's really what we're doing we're really rewiring these parts of your brain so they can communicate so that the anim, the primitive animal responses like fight or flight or submit um, don't take over you know, so and or you know, like I said, some people just completely dissociate, right? They're no longer in their body. Uh, so, so that's more or less of what you know we, we go through. Um, every situation, like I said, is different depending on the age and the complexity of of the of the of what happened to them, and and the and the age is is um, a trauma that occurs pre-verbal is it, it can it manifests a bit different for those that that are, the trauma occurred a little bit later when there when there is a, a cognitive memory um and then again some people experience a trauma at, at a point where they can't remember but they um they actually don't you know the the brain blocks certain traumatic events so it is so it is a very um so it just it just it's a very individualized approach everyone experiences it very differently. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, and I love that you mentioned too, that, you know, because it's such an individualized approach, the comparison, it, it really, it doesn't apply at all because yeah. we're all going through such different things. And the way that I experience an event is so different from the way someone else experiences right. it. And I love that you touch on what is, you know, what is my support like, do mm -hmm. I have the resources, the tools to work through it? Do I have the community to help me through it? How long did it last for? Like, mm -hmm. There's so many factors that can apply. So I really think it creates a lot of empathy to say, you know, for, for me to anyway say, I don't know what mm -hmm. they went through. I don't know what it was like being them to go through that. So there's no way that I could say, oh, I went through something like that. They should be okay. Or, right. you know, I should be okay by now. There's there's no should. This, this is what happened. This is where we are now. I think it creates a lot of compassion for each other mm -hmm. as well as ourselves. Like, yeah. this is where I'm at and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's also a journey. You know, it's, it's also very much a journey because I know that, you know, just from my own life, uh, just some of the things that I went through, I was quote unquote, okay, you know, I was fine for a few years and then a breakup happened. And then that brought to the surface things that I had not addressed from, you know, childhood, or I became a mom, you know, two years ago, I had a baby and that brought up more stuff to, you know, to the surface that things that I had not even 
considered as, you know, um, that would come up and, and they came up and I had to work through that and I'm still working through that. So I feel that every, sometimes we work through our difficulties, um, as best as we can, depending on our resources and the support. And then, uh, and then we're okay where, you know, we feel great or we feel like, okay, I, I feel like I, I got a good handle on my triggers. I feel like I've, I've, um, I worked through some of my childhood difficulties and then um, a life event happens, right? A change, a, a boss. Like I said, for some reason, a lot of um, folks that I see uh, come in because there's a difficult, a, a lot of times the window, right? It's, it's, a, it's an entryway to heal. Um, and, and for some reason, being the, the workplace, a difficult boss, being in that power dynamic is so triggering for so many people. And I don't know, for some reason, that's, that's the doorway, you know, that's the, the doorway to, to work through. And, and that may not even be the reason that working on their childhood difficulties is not even the reason why they're coming in, they're coming in because they are overwhelmed, stressed with work, they feel like they can't, they can't work, you know, they can't continue. And, and, but it's just the tip of the iceberg right underneath is all of the, um, all of, the, the, the trauma that they experience and somehow, you know, the, this person, this boss is, is reminding their nervous system of what has happened because, you know, the, the our body or our, our nervous system, it doesn't pick up on, uh, it's not a rational process, right? Okay. This is a boss. This is not, you know, so-and-so from 20, 30 years ago, our body just responds to the trigger that feels familiar. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that you, you call it a doorway. I see it that way too. Mm -hmm. It's like this trigger is an entry point to healing something that's very likely been there for a very long time. And in that healing, it's kind of like a reclamation of a part of yourself. It's like, this is an opportunity to let go of something and become lighter in the moment. It totally sucks and doesn't feel that way at all. Right. Right. (laughs) But, but when you do the work, you know, with someone like you, when you are willing to to go into those places of discomfort in a supported way, then that's, it is really a place that you can move through Mm -hmm. and just become so much stronger and happier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think for a lot of folks, a lot of times it's just, you know, bringing in compassion, you know, bringing in understanding for self, for those wounded parts and that's when the concept of the inner child is so powerful becomes very powerful because when we use that as a as a as a way as to connect with those wounded parts because we know when we're when we're talking about connecting with the wounded parts th- that can be really scary mm-hmm. um most people do not want to revisit those parts from the past. Um, but when we bring in the element of an, of, of an inner child, uh, it, it, it helps folks conceptualize their trauma in a way that is more gentle and in a way that is more compassionate. And again, using the, the doorway analogy, it, it becomes an entryway also for their healing. And, and it becomes a very, um, a very powerful visual to connect with that part within themselves that needs that compassion, that needs that healing and the sense of safety. So sometimes that, that our, our 
you know, the parental instinct, you know, kicks in and we want to protect and we want to help and we want to, and we just naturally, a lot, you know, a, a lot of folks are just naturally compassionate towards a child, right? And so when we conceptualize that within ourselves, it just makes it so much easier to work through those, those very, very difficult, uh, wounded parts within us. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love inner child work and something that, um, my husband and I see this phenomenal couples therapist mm-hmm. and something that she says is, you know, it's the, the parent is the compassionate one. You know, the inner child is the one that needs the love. Mm-hmm. But when we stand in our, you know, our adult self, then the compassion comes. And as, you know, of course we want to take care of this, this younger part of us that's hurting or right. wants to feel loved or safe or supported in some way. It just, it's becomes natural and, mm-hmm. um, being able to put a face to it and engage and interact with that part of ourselves. It's so freeing. Mm-hmm. It's where it, it gives so much insight and understanding into why am I just so angry? It's like, Oh, okay. What's behind that anger? Oh, maybe there's, you know, a sad yeah. child behind that anger. Mm-hmm. What does she need? What does yeah. he need? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's just amazing. Just when we shift our, our attention or I should say the, when the intention is to connect with our inner child and um, it's amazing what comes up and the insight that we immediately receive is almost like we get these downloads uh, because we do hold so much compassion and healing energy within us. So when we can intentionally connect those two, the compassion, the healing energy that we have with our inner child, we we actually not not just heal, but we also gain an understanding, and and we uh, we're able to to just make sense. And sometimes we're able to our brain just takes us to a time in our life, you know, we we had not even connected a present event with a, a past memory from childhood. And when we set that intention to connect with our inner child, our brain will just take us there. It's it's just amazing how the how that how that works and and suddenly we're there and we have a memory of being three or being four whatever you know whatever the age Mm -hmm. and and we get it we're like okay that makes sense why this is so hard so triggering for me now yeah it's so freeing to understand that that's you know for me i've been in places where i've been angry Mm -hmm. and then angry at myself for being angry because why i guess why am i acting this way i shouldn't feel this way and yeah. then to be able to go back to that part of my younger self, it just, it, the under, with understanding, I feel like compassion comes, like the confusion goes away. And then there's this, then there's the opportunity to reclaim that part of mm-hmm. ourselves. It's like that part of us was kind of trapped at that age mm-hmm. when that trauma happened. Um, like in shamanic healing, we call uh, inner child work a, a form of soul retrieval it's like a, reclaiming a part of ourselves that got splintered off mm-hmm. and stuck in time and it it when there's that reunion with that part of ourself when that healing happens it really feels like just becoming filled with love becoming filled up with you again and it's such yeah. an incredible experience to feel yeah. that yeah absolutely and i feel that just being able to read it's almost like you you give yourself your your past self you're you know a a second chance and it's almost like a rebirth in a way right you're able to redo what you 
what maybe your parents weren't able to do for you, or you're able to give yourself what you weren't able to receive back then. So it becomes like a second chance, right? To, to start over, (laughs) you know, and, and it's just such a beautiful experience. I've done a shamanic healing for myself and inevitably it always, you know, it, it, I always tend to go back to, um, just naturally, you know, even in, when I'm not in the, in the same therapy arena, where I'm doing more of the spiritual healing work for myself, it, it, my mind just takes me there. Right. And, and it automatically just, I just go to a different time and to be able to, to see yourself in that time. And it's just such a beautiful experience. I know the last, um, the last opportunity I had to, to do that, to do this soul retrieval exercise um, was a couple of years ago. And I, I forgot what I, I actually forgot <laughs> what I was working through, but it was for me, what was amazing is that uh, when I went, when I did this journey, it took me back to being like in my twenties in this specific house that I was living at at that time and there was a part of my soul you know that was there in that house and you know journeying through that and seeing that space and seeing every corner of almost you know just being able to to take a tour of that house as me now but seeing myself there it was um just that in and of itself and 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 i know the the guide was was um just asking me to just call back that part because i need that part here now you know mm-hmm. it can't stay in my 20s in that house I, I need it now and so being able to call back that that my you know that part of my early 20s in, that was stuck in that house was so healing for me and 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 it was, I mean, I don't know, it didn't take that long. It wasn't a very long exercise, but it was so powerful. But again, it's giving yourself an opportunity to redo. You know, it's like giving yourself a second chance and being that companion for yourself. Uh, in, in therapy, you know, you have a guide. And, you know, when you're doing shamanic, shamanic healing, you also have a guide. And, and that is critical to not feel alone because so much of the trauma that we experience happens in isolation it happens when um, a lot for a lot of folks the actual process of traumatization has to do with being completely alone whether you feel alone or you're literally alone with no way to escape or no no chance of um of of being um of getting help in, in that situation, no choice in the matter because you're just there alone. So that becomes a huge component of healing is to, to feel yourself as your companion for that little one within you or to allow for some, for someone else, a healer or a therapist or a, a, a shamanic, uh, or a shaman right that would be the term a shaman yeah Yeah. to guide you right to guide to be with you in relationship in those moments that you're revisiting and so you don't feel alone and and the beautiful thing about it is that your nervous system responds to that our body responds to that and that's what 
that's what starts changing these neural pathways in our brain that let our let, let us know that we are safe we are okay we're not alone and we have a choice right so the choice is a second component of of, of trauma it, you're, it happens in isolation and then it happens um you know, and, and we don't have a choice, right? We're, we're stuck. We have to take it um, for our survival. Um, so, so, so being able to have the choice to go back and heal these parts and be in relationship either within ourselves, right? As a, as a, the older one now going back and we're in that parental role to our inner child or allowing our, the, the guide, the therapist or the healer to guide us through that these two components are just so, so powerful for, for, for our brain, for our nervous system, for our, our spirit. Mm. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. It's incredible. And I love that. It's like we kind of become, when we go back as the adult to revisit the inner mm-hmm. child, it's like we become the healer for ourselves. And yeah. we realize, you know, from a time that we have felt, we had felt so helpless yeah. that we become so empowered we realize how strong we are to be able Absolutely. to heal this stuff, especially with the support of a guide. Um, and you had you do work with uh, generational trauma as well. So yeah. this stuff that we come into the world with doesn't doesn't necessarily start with us. <laughs> no, it, it it you know a lot. It's yeah, rarely it it rarely does right. So um, one of the things that I I learned very very early on in my career. So I started my career working in um, child. I was doing child abuse investigations i was i was a social worker for um for department of children services children family services here in california in southern california and so i was going out there and doing investigations of neglect physical you know sexual abuse everything and i was really young i was in my 20s like i said it was a very um it was a very challenging part of my life but there was it was also I, it was more of a calling like I, I felt and I don't know if it was more of this um uh, this soul you know I, I I went of course I I think and anyone that goes into this field they go into it for a reason right so I went through it because I was trying to heal unconsciously a lot of what I had experienced and maybe even from a past life maybe from my family but here I was you know being very young and and helping or doing these investigations but what was frustrating about it is that for um, a lot of these children that were now being the victims of you know x y and z abuse or neglect um, their parents were also victims and a lot it it was generations I I remember this specific um, part of of um, that we were working through was it's a small desert community here in California. And it's a very, very small community. And the families were already known to the system. You know, it was like, you know, oh, you know, if you had been in the department long enough, you likely knew the the parent um, or the grandparent. And then, you know, you, you, so it's like that you get to see like three generations of this. So that's a very direct way, right? It's very plain <laughs> generational trauma. Um, there's also more subtle ones or, or, the, or there's those that we don't talk about, you know, those silent memories that um, we don't quite know what happened, but especially if you're an intuitive or you're an empath, you have a sense. You, you almost like you've always had a sense of, of a specific situation even though you've never experienced it and then when you investigate when you find out you realize that your grandma or your grandpa or you know whoever 
or your parents went through something like you had experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, um, I, for a long time, I, when especially when I was young, I think I was, I don't know, like during my teen years, I started getting, I, I was... I was afraid of public transportation. I was afraid of getting into a taxi cab. I was, I was af- like super scared of any of that. Uh, and later as an adult, um, literally like w- just with like two or three years ago, I found out what, uh, what happened to, a, in, in to generations of, of women, meaning like starting from my great grandmother to my grandma, you know, in public transportation like they've all experienced a tra- somehow some type of trauma in public transportation in a taxi in a bus you know so and so what was I had never heard those stories you know when wow. I was a, I there but I just started having this fear um and and when I was pregnant I I again th- these irrational fears started coming through for me and and I know of course they they when you're pregnant everything is related to the pregnancy and hormones and I'm sure it was I'm sure it was also related to that but there was also this element of of like I'm I'm um like my life is in danger like the, my baby's life is in danger type and and I'm you know thankfully thank god I was healthy baby healthy consistently throughout it was no issues in that regard it was just an irrational fear that I had and that prompted me to want to find out more about my grandmother's pregnancies my mom's pregnancies with me and with my siblings and 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 in finding and finding out stuff happened to them too so it was so it was those connections sometimes we sometimes the generational traumas get um, get transferred through silent memories that um, that we experience and we don't really know what I mean I, I I am lucky that I'm able I was able to to find out to have the the awareness of asking and with that intention of, of piecing together these 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 parts of the of, of my history but so many of us, you know, just go through life with without that awareness. So it's really important, and you know, especially when it comes to irrational fears, when it comes to sudden, especially sudden phobias, uh, to to find out, you know, to find out um, if you're if you have, you know, parents or grandparents around you to to ask those questions because you, I know from in my just my personal life, I was shocked to to find out the direct connection that I of the fears that I was having. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. I love the term silent memories and yeah, what a gift to be able to find out where that was coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, did, when you found that out, did it make it easier to work through that fear? Yeah. You know, when I, when I found out about, you know, what was going on with my pregnancy and in, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trauma story that, that is, that didn't happen to me. Uh, you know, obviously it was something that I was experiencing or intuiting in a, in a, because I'm an empath. And I think we, you and I have talked about this actually. Mm-hmm. So I think I was just intuiting this, um, at that level. Um, and it's a story that, you know, that doesn't belong to me. So out of privacy for that person, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to share it, but what I can tell you is that once I found out what happened, it, it was like, it, it was pretty overwhelming for me. And at that time I was, um, I was working 
with with a therapist for myself i was just you know continuing my work my my own healing journey and when that happened i remember that thankfully i had someone to process this with to make sense of this in the context of of my own history my own reactions and traumas and i was able to like i said at the beginning of of the of the podcast like stitch that page back into uh, this this narrative of of my life and even though it didn't happen to me it is part of my my history because it's my lineage you know it's where mm-hmm. i come from um and and it it, it for me it it helped to make sense but I think it, it was a good week or two where I was pretty uh, impacted by this. You know, it, it was almost as if I was um, working through a personal trauma, even though it didn't happen to me. I was very much responding and integrating this. I think my brain, my nervous system was trying to make sense of this um, the same way. I, I would if if it had happened, you know. So it was a very real, very um, very difficult experience. But thankfully, I had I had support. Um, it happened, you know, in my thirties. I, I have a lot of resources available to me, um, and I was able to work through it. it. It did take me a few weeks to to come to terms with that. Uh, but I, I feel again going back to that analogy, I was able to just integrate that as part of my history, integrate that page, you know, that loose page of, of my book. Yeah, mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's it almost like the term kind of um, acknowledge and honor comes to mind. It's like, oh, okay, this I've witnessed this. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, beautiful, and it makes me think of too, you know, how in different cultures and different things we've been through, like did my ancestors live through a famine or, you know, a, a massive recession. And we think about, you know, feelings of money scarcity or food scarcity or just scarcity period. Like that stuff just goes so far back. And it's, I kind of see it as, as we heal the stuff inside ourselves, we're healing the stuff throughout the whole lineage yeah. for all those who come after us. And what's beautiful work that you're doing for, for your child in, in doing this inner work yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, since becoming a mom, that has been a huge part of my, my motivation and my intention now for my personal healing is because, you know, uh, if we don't work through these difficulties, inevitably, you know, the energy, the legacy of these trauma wounds, do get passed on there's an energy component to this and 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 so my intention is is to heal and to integrate this in my own life experience throughout you know for the rest of my life because really when we're there's certain trauma that you can work through but there's other things you, you mentioned these other generational um or ancestral traumas that may take us a, a very long time to work through or to even understand. Right. So I know for me, it's, it's going to be a, a lifelong journey of, of just improving myself. Not, not so I, I you know, it's the, the way I see it is I'm, I'm working through these generational wounds and ancestral wounds and my, you know, just what I went through in my own life. But I, I, I see it as an ongoing process of just, bettering and and just improving myself my mental health my physical health and my spiritual health for me and for my daughter you know for me and for my um for my for my also for my 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 mom my sister you know since i started this 
this journey of, of healing, um, there's been a lot of healing that has happened naturally without me necessarily, uh, or without them, sorry, doing anything or me saying anything to them. I've just noticed some shifts in, in their in their own individual lives that 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 shows that they're they're working through their own difficulties, their own wounds. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing because that's what happens, right? Is, is what we're all connected. So when one heals or, or improves, inevitably those close to us will also um, re- receive that ripple effect because we're all connected, especially with our, you know, our close family. Um, there, it, It's going to be received. It's going to be yeah. impacted also. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that. I think like for a lesson for me is, you know, instead of being the one who wants to heal my family, heal my parents, you know, make everything okay, make it all better, take their pain away for them, which I can't yeah. actually do. I can just yeah. duplicate like <laughs> hearing yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but to instead be that step into integrating my it myself yeah. and embody that. And then naturally people see, and it's an invitation to, to do their work if they're called to, but also in the subtle, I know you mentioned like being empathic and working with energy of it. They feel that too. It's like, it's a little lighter in that whole generational mm, line. It's yeah. just kind of things lighten up. Yeah, absolutely. Or they reconnect with, um, with, uh, their voice, for example, or they reconnect yeah. with a, with uh, something that they love to do as a child and somehow that gives them so much joy at this point in their you know so so it's, it's sometimes so for example for my mom one of the things that started happening a few years ago is that she started connecting with uh with well my mom has always loved plants but what happened a few years ago is that she started really um using plants to help people around her like get better and and then she wrote this little book is not published it's just like for us for the family she put it all together in writing and like she emailed it to all of us and it's like 30 pages I don't know like it's a lot of of pages of all her healing all her healing and remedies and and herbs that she uses and she did that all on her own and I, I was just so fascinated by that process that she was, that, that, you know, that she was engaged. And I was supporting her. And I, I, without, you know, without telling her, I think this is really healing. I think this is going to be, I didn't say any of that, right? I didn't say anything about our family and our lineage or generational wisdom, nothing. It, she, and I, I was just encouraging, like, I love this. Thank you for sharing this. And she found so much joy and so much pride in putting this together for all of us. Mm-hmm. that was healing for her and and that hadn't um that had nothing to do with anything i i shared i think she she saw i, I there was a period of time where i was also really into plants and i was planting things and then that kind of prompted her idea and you know so you just never know you know what's gonna what how you can inspire those around you and even beyond that right because i'm sure there's people that have benefited from her healing that i don't even know about um but you just never know how you can just start that process for yourself, but most importantly, and then inevitably, because it's energy, right? We're all, it's all energy. It's, it's going to be received by those near and close to us. That's so beautiful. I love that she just took it upon herself to, to create this. And I absolutely see that being healing for her. Mm -hmm. And also just 
this transfer of knowledge to what a gift to your family to to bring that yeah yeah absolutely i i feel that it was all you know with my, my grandma's no longer here with um she passed away 15 years ago but she when she passed away there was a lot of that knowledge gone because at that time no one really she was not in that mindset you know to to pass on anything you know she for her it was just survival so there was none of that um and then when my when she my mom was putting together these remedies she was actually remembering a lot of her mom's remedies and her what her mom used to do and you know and and so so i i think you know what, what the way i like to see it is that we through that process my grandmother was also being um been given that healing, you know, giving uh, her legacy was continuing on. Sorry, there's an ambulance outside. That's okay. <laughs> Life happens around so, all over. Yeah. So, so it was. So through that, I, we were. I, I feel that you know, generation before and generations after, you know, um, can have, now have this opportunity to heal and integrate this this wisdom, right? And, and That's, yeah. That's beautiful. And it's something that it's so good to be aware of, too, because we we talk about ancestral trauma, but there's also ancestral wisdom and to feel that wisdom of of all those that came before us. Yeah. And that, that used to be really common practice in more, you know, um, indigenous cultures before colonialism. This knowledge would get passed down from generation to generation and that got interrupted right. um, through the process of colonialism. So to like you said, she remembered and it's this beautiful mm. remembering and, you know, what from her mother and that was part of her mother's remembering yeah. from her. So it's just, it's beautiful to see it. I kind of picture that as like an opening up and this healing that's able yeah. to flow through the line again. Oh, like yeah. This wisdom that wants to come through. Yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, I know we're, you know, we're running out of time, but one of the things that it was, it was such a, um, I don't know, it was just such an amazing time because my, I honestly feel that uh, my her mom my my grandma was really wanting this to happen i feel that she was so happy to see that we were having this intention to reclaim these these healings these herbs as 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 our as our as our wisdom as to reclaim it and to pass it on um one of the things that started happening to me is that during that time that all this was going on my mom was writing this i suddenly started getting um things from my grandma so my grandma passed away like, like i said many many years ago i never received anything from her she passed away i was in college and it was you know it was just um i i just never really thought of obtaining any any of her objects she had a lot of saints and a lot of religious items and things that later on in life I was like oh I wish I would have kept something from her you know I wish I would have had something but you know never did and then uh, what started happening is that my mom came back one day and she was like oh I found this um this this statue of um of Virgen de Guadalupe um Virgin Guadalupe and I was like I'm like, oh my God, this is my grandma. And she's like, yeah, it was a little chipped. And I was like, oh, it's it's beautiful. And she's like, yeah, just clean it up. I know you would like it. My mom doesn't, doesn't, um, she doesn't believe in saints or any of that. She doesn't, she's a, she's a born again Christian. So she's very, you know, very, doesn't like any of that stuff. So 
So she's like, I, I, I know you, I knew you were, you would like it. So I wanted to give it to you. I'm like, oh, thank you. Where'd you find it? And she's like, oh, I was laying, you know, just in the garage, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. The fall, like a couple of weeks later, she came back with like two other items that she found. And then she, and I was like, why are these things coming to me now? It was like a period of like a month where I got all wow. of these different items that belong. I got her, my grandma's Bible and I got all these. And I was like, where is this? I, I was just so perplexed because all of a sudden this started happening and I, I i was talking to a friend of mine and she's very spiritual um she channels her spirit guides and you know and her spirit guides share a lot of information with her about others you know when 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 that is welcomed so um so she was telling me she you know from her perspective what her spirit guides were sharing with her is that this is these are the items that gave your grandmother strength during the worst times of her life and she sees what you're doing for her daughters for her granddaughters and this is her way of saying thank you i'm tearing up Uh, And, and this is her way of saying thank you and i was just uh, it was it was very touching, but it didn't stop there. What she said is that she wants you to do one more thing. She wants you to visit your grandfather one one time, one more time. And this is this is not for you're not gonna do anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to. My my grandfather's very elderly, but he wasn't a good man. <laughs> you know, he was just very very. He was very um, yeah. He didn't do you know good things. You know so. So I, I don't have, I didn't have a relationship with him and I didn't have uh, a desire to connect with him, even though he's still alive. And uh, so when this message came through is, you know, is the grandma wants you to see him one more time. She is well, she has worked through her karmic debt with him. There is nothing that her soul is needs from him. They're done. Their karmic debt has been done but there is something important with you visiting him that for some somehow it's at a soul level and 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 that's all i'm getting it's just like there's a cycle that needs to be completed and and this needs to happen and and i was just so uh torn because i really did not want to see him and at the same time i wanted to to do this you know for for my grandma so it took me several months i think it was like six months or so um, but I eventually went out there. I went to visit him and I was back into my grandma's house. He still lives there. And it was a very emotional process. But it w- with him, it was actually fine. There was no, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. I was able to just chit chat with him. He asked me to play two specific songs for him. And like I said, he's very, he's elderly. He doesn't really have conversations now, but he, he'll come up with certain things so he asked me to play these songs from the 1930s that um one of them was i was a thorn on your past it was it's a spanish song but that's the name of the title and he asked me to look it up on youtube and play it for him so i looked it up and the music i don't know why he asked for this one but it was um it's basically a poem of forgiveness basically mm-hmm. saying i was a thorn on your path on your path but I am sorry, you know, so it was a song and he, he loves the song. And it, so I took that as a, as a message. I don't know for me, for my grandma, I don't know, but it was there. And then before I left, the person that takes care of him um, said, oh, I've been keeping this. It's a set of um, like miniature collection 
like I've been keeping this miniature collection. It's like little forest animals and like little things that my grandma kept in a box. It's like I've been keeping this because I thought it was cute. I had it up on the wall, but it, it doesn't have any sense. It doesn't have a sentimental value to me. Uh, so I want I want you to have it. And, and I I remember that from that my grandma had this little collection of miniature forest animals and when I took that the message I got in that moment it was like I just a thank you (laughs) this was her last gift as a Mm. thank you this is her her little precious little collection of of forest animals and it was her way of saying thank you to me for doing this one last thing for her and 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 her husband her my grandpa so so that it was um it was a full circle moment for me It, it was a process like I said of many many years and I was able to, you know, I feel like at that moment, I I felt done, you know, and, and weirdly enough, I have not felt my grandma as, as often as I used to. I have not um, received any more items from her. My mom and I, of course, we still talk about her, but the way it was during those years, it wasn't... Um, it's not, it's not, it's almost like there's, um, like she's good now. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I haven't talked to my yeah. friend that did the reading for me at that time, but, um, but I, I felt like there's a sense of, okay, I, I like, like she's like, like she's done for now, <laughs> at least with this. Mm. Yeah. So I, I just want to share that little story because I felt, you know, I'm such a, um, for me, spirituality and integrating these ancestral memories and ancestral healing components for me, it's just, it's part of what I do. So I wanted to share this experience because it, it gave me so much healing on emotional, physical, and spiritual level. And it's something that it wasn't in a, you know, one sitting, it's not like I sat and I talked about this and then I would know it, it was a process. Um, but the key, I think for folks out there listening, um, the key is to be able to, to have that intention of wanting to reconnect and heal from these from these um, wounds or things that have been passed down the lineage. I think it starts off with that intention and the awareness that you do have certain things that you want to work through and then didn't start with you and that they may no longer be here in person, but you know, it's energy or spirit form that may still be very much involved. And if we welcome that, it can be a, a, such a huge and powerful source for our ongoing healing. It's, it's a component of our healing as well. It's a healing our trauma from the brain perspective is one component, but then there's also the spirit, right? That we have to tend to. And, and, and that's why I wanted to share this story and I hope it, it resonates. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I was yeah, like, of course. just feeling so much love oh. around that as you're talking about it, like around your, your grandma, your grandfather and, and, and gratitude. It feels like for you doing that yeah, and absolutely. St- how incredible to, just to have that moment with that song to, to yeah. release and to feel and to have that come full circle. Those full circle moments are so heart expanding and profound and Absolutely. beyond words. So Absolutely. Yeah. And my daughter, I, and I took my baby with me and my, my daughter and, and my mom was there with me too. So it was like this generational wow. healing and we all felt my, my mom, mind you, she just, she was just, you know, didn't have what I was what I had in mind, right? My intention was very different. She was just, you know, 
there because she always visits. She still has a relationship with her father. So she was just visiting him and, and she was just so happy that I finally agreed to see him. And that sense of giddiness, a sense of joy um, was felt from my mom. For uh, My mom told me she experienced that for so many days after. And, and same for me, so many days after that experience, I still felt that sense of giddiness and joy. Um, it was just so uplifting, you know, energetically that we just felt happy, you know, for a long time after that, which was also very a very, um, very beautiful reward to experience. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank doing you. Doing this work, mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. Um, so, Rosa, if people want to reach out to you, how can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, of course. My You can just find me by my name, Rosa Shetty. And I also have a podcast. It's called Inner Healing Paths. And my po- my podcast is all about just different ways of healing. I interview people. I had you, Abigail. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you were actually the last episode I up- uploaded oh, last cool. one there yeah <laughs> so i just talk about you know all things related to healing of the mind the heart the spirit and i also have a patreon and we meet once a month and we talk about in a more personal and, and deeper way about just different healing topics the month of june we're going to be talking about reparenting our inner child and the patreon is is for women only but of course um the podcast it's for for everybody <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. And we'll put those all in the show notes Thank as well. Thank you. Thank you for being yeah. here. It has been such a pleasure. Uh, so much love to you and all this incredible work that you're doing in the world. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Abigail. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mind Body Free podcast. I hope you enjoyed connecting with Rosa's story as much as I did. And some news for September. This is being released on September 3rd, and we have in the Mind Body Free community, which is a membership community for highly sensitive people to heal and to realize their incredible potential, we are focusing on overwhelm all through the month of September. So if you struggle with feeling scattered, with feeling like you're just trying to keep your head above the water, with struggling to feel calm and at home and relax then come join us, be a part of our live events. We have events going on almost every week within the community and all kinds of amazing healing resources and a beautiful community you can access there. So you are welcome to head on over to mindbodyfree.com and start your free trial and just partake in the beautiful healing available to you. Okay, so sending you my love. If you have any feedback or questions for future episodes, feel free to email me at hello at mindbodyfree.com or send me a direct message over on Instagram or TikTok. That's where I spend most of my time these days. All right, sending you all my love. Until next time.